2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: GD here on the fan, Danny Ruye flying solo live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Alexandria. It is a Misery Monday presented by Chinego Mayos live from B-Dubs on Richmond Highway in Alexandria. Come on by and join us. We jump now to the BetQL guest hotline for his weekly appointment with us. Former coach here in town, Jay Gruden joins us. Jay, happy holidays to you, man. Hope it was a good one.
1: Thank you. It was a very good one. Where the heck is your partner in crime?
3: He He's taken off, right, which we respected. We, we sort of alternate. We figured it out. I'm, I was on Thursday, Friday last week, and then Monday today. And then I'm done until the new year, and he's going to take back over. So we we kind of worked it out. We drew straws, and I got the short end of the stick. Nah, figured. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, what would you make of Saturday's game? Just a uh, big picture. What were your thoughts? San Francisco is pretty damn good, huh?
1: Yeah, they're pretty good. You know, I think what hurt Washington the most was their first down efficiency was pretty bad. Um, you know, they lost a lot of yards. They had second and 12, second and eight, second and nine. Um, not typical of the way they've been on their win streak. They've been very efficient on first down, but but not yesterday. That's, it's, it's tough against that defense. Quarterback change.
3: It happened. It was the story. I think a lot of us, I think you included, Jay, maybe saw it coming with some of the rhetoric and some of the, you know, uh, the the different bits of background to it, and I know we kind of talked about it a lot, but what would you feel about when Ron Rivera made that decision at at that point in the game? It almost felt like he was looking for a time to do it, and then two straight possessions, ending in turnovers, basically kind of seemed like it opened the window, huh?
1: Yeah, I guess so, and then they've got themselves in a position where they were one-dimensional, had to throw it to come back, and probably Carson is probably more equipped for that type of situational ball if there is a quarterback equipped to be down seventeen against forty nine er defense, I don't know if there is one, but I <laughs> guess Carson would right. be more so. But those two plays, I feel bad for uh, Heineke because uh, the first fumble. I mean, they try to do a max play action on second and eight, and forty nine uh, er defense and sprinter stances, and they got a sack fumble. And I don't put that on Heineke. There's nobody open. Nobody to throw to. And then the second one, you know, they tried a four vertical, and, and Brian Robinson was slow to get out, and he, he kind of looked like he was going to break it off to the right, and he stopped, and, and he got hit in the mouth and threw it to him, and it was intercepted. So other than those two plays, I think he played pretty good the first half and uh, part yep. of the third quarter.
3: And that's the assessment I wanted from you, Jay. I was curious. I actually thought I'm with you. Even though you know they only had seven points at halftime I and mean, you get that goal to go situation where they handed it off four times and didn't end up scoring. But I thought Heineke was pretty good in, in, in a tough environment against a uh an excellent defense as kind of we're talking here. I didn't think he was terrible. So that's what makes me feel like they were just looking for an excuse to 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 put Wentz into the ball game. What was your assessment then of, of Heineke?
1: Yeah, I, like I said, I thought he played good. He had some great third down conversions, keeps some drives going and some known passing situations, which really, if you're going to be critical of Heineken, a pass, those are where he struggled, but he played well in those situations and got the ball out of his hands, was accurate, uh, made some good throws down the field. Um, I think he had one called back, um, and, and, and he played pretty well. Like I said, the, the fumble that he had, I mean, you know, I don't criticize play calling very much, but they were down 10 in the fourth quarter, and they tried to Play-action pass, and, and San Francisco wasn't biting on the run at all. They were in sprinter stances, rushing. They, they got a sack on a two-man route. Nobody was open, it was unfortunate. And uh, I, I feel bad for Haneky because I thought he played pretty good.
3: Jay Gruden with us here on G and D. Um- which I mean, listen, it's tough to evaluate. Like we talk about this on the show all the time when it comes to baseball, Jay, September call-ups, right? When the rosters expand, a bunch of guys come up from AAA, they're facing, you know, lesser competition and they can have a nice month and kind of fool your eyes a little bit. So too, Carson Wentz yesterday gets looked like kind of shell coverage, looked pretty good, you know, a great throw to, to Curtis Samuel there for the touchdown. But how do you evaluate that? It's, it's tough to get a good feel, right? Cause San Francisco seemed like they backed off.
1: Yeah, it is in that situation. They're up seventeen and they're not going to give up any big play. They're going to give you the underneath check downs pretty much all the whole game and let you let you eat up the clock because, you know, the opponent's not the enemy. The clock is the enemy of those situations. So they're gonna allow you to move the ball methodically down the field, chunks of five, six, seven, eight, nine yards and it and made Carson look pretty good and, and Carson's a good quarterback in those situations. He he, he can he can manage a game and do those types of things but it's a tough deal for them moving forward who the starting quarterback is. You know, it's not like it's clear cut with Dallas. When Cooper Rush came in won a couple games, they went right back to Dak after the injury. If they thought Carson was clearly better, then I think they should have gone to Carson when he was healthy with this thumb injury. Uh, but they went to Heineke and figured Heineke gave him the best chance to win at that time. Um, but I, I just I, I can't pinpoint the game on Heineke in this game because I thought he played pretty good except for those two plays, which I don't think were his fault.
3: Yeah. So how do you think it's getting handled going forward and how would you handle it?
1: Well, obviously, it's got to be whoever gives you the best chance to win. And like I said before, if they think that's Wentz, then they should have put Wentz in four weeks ago when he was healthy. You know, if they think it's Heineke, then stick with Heineke because Heineke has done some great things to get him in this position in the playoffs. You know, if it's not clear-cut, if they don't think Carson is clear-cut better than Heineke, then they, I think they should stick with Heineke. But if they do feel like it is Wentz, then you got to go with the guy they think is better give you the best chance to win. But I just am curious to why they didn't go to Wentz earlier when he was healthy if they felt that way is my my issue with the whole situation. It's, it's not a great situation. You never want to have this right. quarterback controversy this late, but you know, it's a tough call for him. So, but for you, just your
3: preferences, would you go with Carson Wentz down the stretcher? Would you kind of say, Hey, we were hot under Taylor Heineke for a while. We well, could kind yes. of
1: keep doing that. For me, I'm, I'm only evaluating what I see on television. Yep. These guys got these guys in the building every day. Right, I right. watch them to practice. At OTAs. I, I would stick with Heineke personally mm-hmm. um, because he's, Got him in this position to get in the playoffs. I'd give him a I'd give him a game against Cleveland. See what happens because I still think uh, the Dallas game will become pivotal as well. They go to Heineke or uh, whence then. But uh, I think uh, you stick with Heineke versus Cleveland. Jay Gruden
3: with us here on Grant and Danny. So, Jay, I want to go back to. I mean, I think it was 2014 when when you you, you guys ended up playing a, a, a all all your quarterbacks at that point. How I feel like that's a significant thing where you kind of have to like break the news to each individual, then to the team, et cetera, because that's a major change. You know, with all due respect to other positions, it's not the you know who's the the the, the base defense off ball linebacker. This is the one that everyone pays a lot of attention to here. How do how would you kind of prepare to do that? And, and walk me through that kind of process of what you had, what boxes you had to check uh, if you are going to make a quarterback change.
1: Yeah, it's difficult because what you don't want to have is a split locker room this time of year because I'm sure there are going to be some guys that want Heineke and some guys that want Wentz. You know? and, uh, the big thing is try to pull the team together and make sure that, hey, we're all on the same page here. We have to make a decision. This is who we're going to go with. Bang, let's all rally behind him this week and see what happens. That's the most important thing. You can't go one guy and then have half the team to go, man, I I really wanted this guy or vice versa. So the most important thing for the coach, whoever he chooses, is to make sure the team rallies around that individual and uh, they all play well and play together.
3: Would you have somebody, maybe like a captain or kind of pulse of the players to let you know? Like, let's say for the sake of argument, and I'm not asking you to betray any confidences here, but if you were going, hey, I think I'm going to play Colt next week, and somebody came to you and said, coach, you can't do that the locker room doesn't want him. Like, would, would that sort of thing happen? Would there be like an executive council? Or how would you go to player input?
1: Yeah, that is important for sure. You want some player input, especially if it's as close as I think it is as far as who they want to choose to start this next game. Mm-hmm. I think it is close. I, it could be dang near a coin flip. Uh, so the 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 pulse of the locker room is important. If they really want Heineke or they really want Winston, uh, then why not? You know, Let's just get everybody on the same page. That's the most important thing. Let's all rally together because... You know they're going to need everybody to be successful to get in the playoffs and play well against Cleveland. They can't have any divisiveness whatsoever. So the pulse of the locker room is important, but at the end of the day, it's Coach Rivera's call, and uh, hopefully they rally around whatever he decides.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing, and I've been predicting all along that it's going to be Wentz. Just, just kind of reading the tea leaves and the signs. So for the for the sake of that, let's just let's assume that that's the case. We've been wondering all season long: Could they play the way they did with Heineke, meaning this run-first, smash-mouth, occasional play-action, you know, uh, a kind of offense that they didn't look like at the outset of the season? Could they do that with Wentz and be successful? A, do you think that's how they'll go about it if it is Wentz? And and B, how do you think he'll take to it?
1: Yeah, I think that's how they still need to probably be because I don't think they can pass protect good enough to turn into an all of a sudden a drop back passing team. Their pass protection is very suspect. Um, They need a guy that's a little more athletic, but uh, the most important thing for them to do is maintain who they are as far as their identity, and their identity when they are successful is running the ball, uh, being efficient on first down. didn't work out against San Francisco, uh, but also utilize the play-action passes in the quick game. So uh, whoever the quarterback is, I think that's their method that they have to use uh, is the smash-mouth type of football.
3: And how, how do you think Wentz will do? If, I they, think if, they do, if they go that way. I, I, I yeah. think he'll
1: do fine. You know, The only issue I have is if they think Wentz is better than Heineke at this time, then I, I just feel like they should have done it three or four weeks ago and Wentz is healthy. If Obviously, they had their doubts. That's why they stuck uh-huh. with Heineke or they thought Heineke was doing well. I don't know. Uh, but if it's a clear cut, they feel like Wentz is a better quarterback at this time, then surely he was better three weeks ago. right? Um, so it, It's a tough call, but uh, like I said, my preference would be stick with Heineke another week and see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Wentz, and Wentz is a good quarterback. I think they're both good quarterbacks and both can do the job uh, if given the right situational-type plays. You know, the first, second-down success like they've had, hand off to Robinson and and, uh, the rest of the guys and throw some quick games and take an occasional shot.
3: Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, Jay, this trio of of wideouts I I feel like is really good, and I know sometimes our eye line gets gets fouled up because you know we're following Washington so closely, but I, I think that group... There aren't too many teams that wouldn't say, Yeah, I'll swap bars for 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 you guys', especially now with the emergence of Jahan Dotson. How do you balance kind of what you're talking about? They don't pass protect great, especially for longer developing stuff. that to me is their advantage, though, is those three guys I think can get open and, and move the football against just about anybody. How do you kind of balance wanting to make sure they get their touches with that the pass pro issues that you're kind of talking about?
1: Yeah, it's very difficult. You know, if you have pass pro issues, if you try to be one dimensional and try to turn into yourself to do a drop back air raid type offense, I don't think it's very difficult this time of year, especially against Miles Garrett coming up down the street with uh, Cleveland and some of the rushers they have. And then against Dallas, if Dallas has to play for something and they got the pass rush that really gave Washington problems in the first matchup. They have to be balanced. They have to still uh, make sure they have run first type offense play actions uh, to help the offensive line. Uh, mixing their protections, the five-man, six-man, seven-man protections like they've been doing. Uh, I, I just don't think they're capable enough uh, to turn into a drop-back passing team. I don't think either quarterback really is good enough at this time to do that anyway uh, with the protection the way it is.
3: So, Jay, I've been beating this drum all day, and, and uh, I get made fun of a lot for a million different reasons, uh, mind you, but in, including this one. But I kind of thought they would drop that game to the Giants uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Just, you know, they're playing this Coin toss style of game, and sometimes you don't get the call, right? Sometimes, you know, you, you play this rock fight of a, of a game, and, you know, somebody might get you. I thought they'd lose to San Francisco, because San Francisco is really good. I still think they're going to the playoffs. Not because they're, they're, they're a juggernaut, but because nobody else is any good either. All four teams in contention lost this past weekend. You know, Detroit got waxed by, by, uh, Carolina, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, the Giants lost to Minnesota in true Minnesota fashion. That's how they play every game. I think Seattle's in free fall. I think they're going, not because they're doing that much right, but because everyone else is bad. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, sometimes it's good to be the best of the worst. And uh, that's right now, that's (laughs) the way it is. There's some teams that are really, really struggling on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, fortunately, usually at this time of year, teams start to really emerge and get hot at this time. But right now, it seems like the bottom half of the league is just struggling to keep afloat. You know, the really good teams look really good, but the rest of the group is just like, who who's the best of the worst? And uh, there's nothing wrong with being the best of the worst. I can remember the Giants won a Super Bowl. They got in there as a sixth or seventh seed and, yep. and won a Super Bowl. So if you get in there, anything can happen. That's the most important thing, to get yourself in position, try to get healthy at the right time, play your best football the next couple of weeks and see what happens.
3: So what would you, what would your tenor be like this week if if you were in charge, right? You drop a couple games and really you haven't won in almost a month. When you start to look at some of the uh, the the dates of it, right? I mean, you tied the Giants and you lost to them, and now you've lost to San Francisco, and almost December's elapsed, and you don't have any Ws. What would it, what would you be doing this week to try to remind guys, hey, it's all right in front of us. We can we still have a plenty of stuff to play for. How do you kind of get guys back in in
1: on the good foot? No, I'd be upbeat and fired up, man. I mean, you're in position to make the playoffs, and that's your ultimate. Your first goal is to win the division, obviously. That's not going to happen now. Your second goal is to get in the playoffs, get in the dance. They have a great opportunity to do that. They're in position right now with uh, two games left. Two games left, right? Two games left to get in to the dance and have an opportunity to advance in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. So uh, everything they want is in front of them. The one goal they had to win a division is not there, but heck, it'd be upbeat, fired up. Let's go, let's rally around each other and make this thing happen.
3: I want to go around the league with you a little bit here, coach. The the, the Vikings, I, I just I can't figure them out. I mean, they deserve so much credit for being 12 and 3. It's really hard to be 12 and 3 in this league, but it seems every week they're doing whatever that was, right? <laughs> Against the Giants. Coming back, it's a 60 yard field goal at the wire to, uh, to get them to win it. It's just they play this game all the time, but they've won so many of them. They deserve credit. I just kind of can't quite figure out what they are and what I think they're going to do come postseason time.
1: Yeah, it's hard to figure out, but it's it's not hard to figure out when you look at the record. These guys must be really good, but nobody's giving any credit because of the way they win. But Kirk is playing exceptionally when, when it counts, and that's the most important thing. They're playing their best football in situations that matter the most, third down, red zone, and when they're behind and in the fourth quarter. And there's a lot to be said about that. Sure, they struggle for first down or first quarter, sometimes or second quarter, but when the game's on the line is when they really play well. Justin Jefferson shows up against Buffalo and against gets all these other teams, the Giants. Uh, you see those big players show up in big situations, and a lot to be said about that. They're going to be dangerous when they come in the playoffs because they have shown the ability to come back, uh, to lose a lead, to play from behind, and win football games, and it's going to be a tough out for a lot of teams.
3: Speaking of tough outs, I've asked you about these guys before, but all they've done since then is win some more games. If I'm in the AFC, I do not want to draw Cincinnati right now. I think that group is really dangerous.
1: I agree. I agree. I think Joe Burrows, uh, you talk about Patrick Mahomes and then Joe Burrows right on his tail. I mean, mean, those two guys are exceptional. and, And Cincinnati's playing good defense, really like what the defensive coordinator does. Uh, they seem like they're pretty healthy at this time. I think they might have lost a tackle. I'm not sure, but for the most part, they're getting healthy. And, uh, and Joe Burrow can win any time with that receiving core that he has. You know, you talk about receiving core, Higgins, Boyd, and uh, Jamar Chase, they're as good as anybody as well with, with a top-notch quarterback. They're, they're dangerous as
3: heck. Uh, Standing in the AFC, the Dolphins for a while were kind of everybody's darling. They ripped off some wins against some pretty bad teams. They deserve credit for winning those games, obviously, but now it's kind of come home to roost. They've lost to some pretty good ones, but they just haven't looked quite the same, and that loss yesterday, pretty devastating to lose to a a Packers team that's not particularly good. Where are we at on the Dolphins?
1: Yeah, obviously, they're still dangerous and still in the mix because they have the weapons outside at receiver. Uh, Tua can't turn the ball over like that, though, obviously. Uh, He's got to play better. You know, he's a young quarterback. He's going to have his ups and downs, but... Uh, come playoff time if they get in the playoffs he's got to protect the ball better uh, continue to use that play action game get the running game going and get those speed receivers the ball they'll still have an opportunity but I'm not too sure they're good enough on defense to have uh, to a carry them at this time if they can play with the lead obviously they'll be dangerous because of the play passes they're, they're, they're so fast on the outside so explosive um, they have a chance without a doubt but they got to quit throwing the ball over.
3: And my last one for you, Jay, is this Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, I cannot figure it out. They've got good players. There are legitimate guys that I think a lot of teams would want. I know Mike Evans maybe has lost a step or something, but it seems like he and Tom Brady have never met each other. Godwin is still really good. I like Rashad White out of the backfield, and they thump with Fournette a little bit. I I know their offensive line is is scuffling and not as healthy, but I just can't believe they're – A, that they won that game last night, but B, that they're just, they struggle as much and as often as they do, it's, it's, it's procedure penalties. It seems like it's third and 14 all the time. They just seem to really not be able to do much at all. Is it a Brady issue? Is it a scheme issue? What are you seeing?
1: They're unwatchable until the game's on the line and Brady might make a comeback. Really? I mean, they are. They run the ball between the tackles. They get stuffed. They get third down and long. They have false starts. They throw in interceptions. They, they they don't look like they're in sync at all. It looks like they just got together last week and started practice and played a game. Uh, there is no cohesiveness whatsoever in the in the way they're calling pass plays, pass patterns, concepts. The running game looks like they're just trying to plow it between the tackles. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're down six or down ten, and here comes Brady. They win in the fourth quarter. It's it's the damnest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but you always have to feel like they're a threat because their defense has good enough personnel to be good. And they got Tom Brady and Mike Evans, Rashad White, and Godwin, like you said. But, golly, they're, they're hard to watch.
3: Jay, always appreciate it, man. Hope your holiday was outstanding, and we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, you thanks. There he goes. That's Jay Gruden. Always love our Monday conversations. Little commanders there. We did a little around in the league. He watches them all, breaks them down for you. Love his analysis. Okay,
0: picture this.